0: Hello, America. I'm Robert Reese, and welcome to the CEO Show. We're here today with Cam Brensinger. How are you, Cam?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Robert.
0: And Cam is the CEO of Nemo Equipment. So let's talk about when you founded this in 2002, what was your original vision?
1: <laughs> great question, Robert. It really brings me back. I can't believe it's been 20 years already. i um, My original vision remains the same today, which was to build a lasting and iconic brand. I I grew up um, loving the outdoors, loving outdoor adventures, especially adrenaline sports when I was younger, Um, a lot of rock and ice climbing and mountaineering. And I really worshipped the iconic brands at the time. I, I remember going to my local small specialty retailer and browsing catalogs like the Petzl catalog, which is a famous uh, climbing equipment company, and just completely admiring the photography and the the, the poetry of the language and the admiration for the outdoors and adventure and, and really wanted to build a brand in sort of that what I looked at as kind of pantheon of brands. So talk about the challenges
0: you faced. What was the biggest challenge you faced early in building the brand?
1: You know, the biggest challenge early on was sort of both a challenge and an opportunity, and that was that I knew nothing. You know, I was I was 26 years old. The only business I had sort of vaguely run at that point was uh, was a, a franchise of college pro painting. Uh, you know, one summer in college, um, so I I knew little really about running a business. Um, I was a senior in design school, so I. I had a good basis of understanding of product design, um, but there was so much unknown. And I, I guess I look at that, I look back at that as both sort of a weakness and a strength because, you know, when you don't know much, it's easy to be brave. And, you know, we made a lot of bold decisions in those early days and in some ways really reinvented the wheel over and over Um, But it gave us an incredible basis of knowledge, kind of setting out with with so little baggage, if you will.
0: So maybe there were advantages to being a young CEO.
1: I think there truly were. I mean, it it certainly wasn't the most efficient path um, to success. You know, if I could go back in time and start the company with what I know today, it would have been a much shorter path to profitability. But on the other hand, you know, I I think if I had brought people onto the team in those early days who had 20 years of experience, um, you know, doing the things we needed to do as a business, they would have told me how to do something. And being told how to do something is a very different kind of learning, right, than having to to figure that out on your own and learning by trying a whole bunch of things that didn't work. And, uh, And that was really our story in the early days. Um, so that today, you know, we've, there's not much of our business that I haven't at some point touched. Um, and, you know, eventually realized uh, that I wasn't the best person to, to, to operate that and sort of hired myself out of that position. But that's given me a, a fundamental understanding of the core aspects of the business, which I think has contributed to our strength today. And
0: you've told me that, um, that the team was really a key element in building the sustainability of the business. Talk about any unique practices or philosophies that you had in growing what was a very small team in the beginning to what now is a fairly substantial team.
1: Yeah, you know that's the, the subject of team is really dear to me right now because a couple of years ago, um, pre-pandemic, we we had a major. Issue um, within our senior team. Uh, essentially, we we had uh, we had some new systems in place on the inventory planning side that had some fatal flaws in them, and we allowed some months to go by before we realized uh, these systems were an issue and some of the other, some of my kind of senior executive teammates discovered this before I did. And, and they didn't come to me with that. And, you know, and it was, it was, it was an issue of, you know, not wanting to point the finger at someone else or not wanting to kind of bring me bad news. And we found ourselves uh, in a position heading into to that season where we were millions of dollars out of sync supply and demand wise. And it, it potentially could have been catastrophic for the business. And it was a huge awakening for me. You know, call it 15 years into the business, I realized that I had failed to create the, the degree of teamwork that I thought I had, um, especially among my senior team. So, you know, we set out to, to fix that. We read a bunch of books together. Um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team was a really pivotal um, book for us. Uh, we spent a lot of time kind of, you know, with each other, we did a, a you know, a few retreats, um, and, uh, did some strengths assessments and, you know, all, all of those sort of, um, I think really fundamental tools to building a strong team. And, and since then have, you know, I would say the, the, the strength that we built with each other has only been accelerated by the pandemic. You know, the pandemic sent us into, uh, into an over-communicating mode, um, you know, where we were meeting daily, uh, and, um, you know, intensively, um, and the, the degree to which we have trust today, um, has really given me insight as I look back, um, the degree to which it was missing in the beginning. You know, I, I, when I started the company, the picture of leadership that I had in my mind was the brave warrior out in front, you know, charging ahead into battle and never showing weakness, you know? And, and today, I, I, I truly look at my role as, as about leading from the center and not from the front. Um, and what I found with that is it, it comes with a much greater sense of camaraderie. And you know I think there may be no greater compensation for my hard work than a sense of teamwork and camaraderie. Like I, I love that feeling of being in a flow state uh, with other people. Um, if I had any musical talent, I I might have, you know, been in a band because I can only imagine that, uh, there's an incredible feeling of being kind of in synchronicity with other people making music. And I think the closest I get to that in life is being here in my office with people that I care about, that I respect, um, that I really have trust with kind of getting into a flow state, solving problems together and, I think that really required my growing up and redefining what leadership looks like and really learning to to put other people's success, you know, as my objective, not just my own. And
0: I know there's a conversation you had with y- y- your parents where you, you gained the idea of go slow to go fast. Could you explain, like, maybe was it one conversation you had or was it, many times how that emerged and what that really means, why it's so important to growing an enterprise and being sustainable.
1: Yeah. So my, my parents raced cars for over 20 years. Um, my dad ran an architecture firm in, in New Hampshire and, uh, you know, worked seven days a week, essentially, um, you know, was very focused on work. But the one sort of gift he gave to himself through those, the years of kind of his developing his own career was just a passion for cars. Uh, He's, you know, German descended, his dad's, his dad was a car mechanic, his dad's dad was a car mechanic. And when he could afford to, he bought a a used Porsche when I was in high school, and uh, spent the first couple years cleaning it, um, because he was so sort of you know, in love with it, um, and then discovered, uh, racing and, and it wasn't too long before he and my mom really fell in love with being on the track and then dragged me into, to, or I should say, allowed me to come along to the track. I, I love doing it. My, my graduation gift from high school was competition driving school. And, uh, and my instructor at that school had a great anecdote about how, when he was growing up, um, his mom had a really hot Camaro, and she would let him drive it as long as he didn't spill her coffee. The idea was, you can drive any way you want as long as you don't spill my coffee. And, and the point of that was really you know, driving fast is partly about making swift decisions, um, but is largely about you know, being really smooth and, and deliberate. And my parents had an expression um, related to that, Uh, as they got to be better and better race drivers, which was go slow to go fast. This idea that, you know, the fastest way around the track is really keeping the car in balance, uh, making very smooth inputs. When you're really, you know, driving close to the thresholds, um, a slight aggressive movement can push it over the 100% of capability that it has. And I, I, I still think about that in the context of my business and my team, um, This idea that we are we are hard charging. We are here to to make a difference in our industry, um, to to become a significant brand. As soon as we kind of solve one problem, we kind of look for the next. But at the same time, we won't accomplish any of that if we don't take care of our people. So, you know, I I kind of see it as, uh, you know, we're we're here to 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 drive aggressively, but we've got to make the ride safe and enjoyable for our team at the same time.
0: Oh, Cam, that is that is is great, and we've been talking about growing a business and becoming a sustainable business. We're about to take a commercial break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk with Cam about another side of sustainability and the environment. Back in a few. Hi, this is Robert Reese on the CEO Show, and we're here today with Cam Brensinger, who is the CEO and founder of Nemo Equipment, the fastest-growing camping company. I want to talk more about the environment, because that really is core to everything you do. But you've also had a lot of philosophies and focused on building a better planet and how you use renewable energy. Talk about all of your philosophies and what you're doing at Nemo
1: yeah so when we say sustainability we're really meaning business sustainability. We are of course a, a for-profit business. Um, we make our money by producing products um, and you know distributing products which at least today comes with inherent impacts um, At the same time you know we recognize that in every way, our business is dependent on a healthy planet and healthy people. I mean, you know, we're here in the first place to make gear for outdoor adventures, um, and outdoor adventures require that we have, you know, beautiful, natural places to go and and enjoy those adventures. And, of course, people who are healthy and want to be outdoors and and have those adventures. Um, So it's it's fundamental to our future, and our, our mission from the very beginning has been to build a lasting and iconic brand. And I, I don't believe we have a lasting future if we don't address um, healthy people and a healthy planet. So that's, it's very fundamental to us, but there's other aspects to our business sustainability as well. So as we address our environmental impacts, we have to be sure that it doesn't fundamentally compromise us as a, as a business, which again, makes and distributes products. So the challenge for us is is to continue to thrive as as a as a consumer product company, but to do it in a way where we uh, continue to minimize um, our impacts to to the planet and people.
0: As you're talking about impacts to the planet, uh, there's a really interesting strategy pivot you made. So you met your wife in ice climbing and rock climbing and an extreme adventure. Now, all of a sudden in 2010, you have your your daughter, 2013, you have your son and that sort of changed the whole strategy of what Nemo Equipment was about. Talk about what happened to you on a personal level and then how that impacted your strategy, which obviously became, uh, you need to thank your kids here, became a huge driver of your great success
1: yeah you're right Robert you know i when I look back on our history, I spent you know call it the first five or ten years waiting for kind of that lucky stroke that was going to be our our tipping point you know i I'd, I'd read a lot of books on entrepreneurs and businesses, and it seemed like most entrepreneurs that ended up successful had some fortuitous event happen um some stroke of luck and you know, I kept looking for that, and 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 never saw that. Um, it was only years later, really, I, I'd say about fifteen years into the business, that I realized what our serendipitous thing was all along, which was which was subtler um, and really more about timing. You know, the 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 timing of when I started the company in terms of sort of the arc of our industry, um, in terms of the arc of my own life. Uh, you know, the, the key partners that we made, certain kind of gates that we passed through um, with our big retailers or meeting distributors at a certain moment in time, we've been very lucky in that regard. And, and kind of back to, to your specific point, when I started the company, you know, I was dedicated to extreme adventures. I, I started the company to really be a, a mountaineering and long distance backpacking brand. I mean, that was how I defined my identity and and certainly the kinds of products I was passionate to make. And, you know, the reality is in the last 20 years, a lot of things in the world, as we all know, have, have dramatically changed. I mean, the demographics of this country, um, the nature of outdoor participation, in some cases, you know, the landscape in which we're having adventures um, and... You know, and I, I really had to, one way or another, I had to evolve in my thinking in terms of the types of sports that we were going to, to focus on, how we would speak to customers. I've been lucky that my own interests have sort of changed in lockstep with that. So those, those haven't been hard pivots to make. Um, but for example, you know, today, you know, we're, we're really on a mission to show that camping can be an aspirational, is an aspirational activity for a lot of folks. And in, in the, during the pandemic, 10 million Americans have discovered the outdoors or rediscovered the outdoors and camping just in, in these last two years. And when I came up in the early days um, of Nemo, uh, you know, camping was, was, was not something, camping was a tool to get to the adventure that we aspire to, like hanging off of a frozen waterfall. Um, mm-hmm. Hanging off of a frozen waterfall is ten steps removed for somebody who's maybe a hundred steps uh, removed for somebody who's new, who's new into the outdoors. So we've had to shift our mindsets um, to be more welcoming uh, of newcomers, and I think that's got to be true for a lot of businesses and a lot of leaders today. That you know the mission that will make us successful today is is perhaps very different um, than the one uh, we had ten years ago, never mind twenty years ago. So, Cam, you've had great success
0: at Nemo Equipment, becoming the fastest-growing camping company. What do you really see the future looking like?
1: You know, it's it's probably a tougher question today, Robert, than it's you know been in our last twenty years. Um, just because I, I feel like so much in the world is in flux right now, so many things are, are volatile. Um, I've never felt comfortable making forecasts for our business past say five years at the upper limit because to me it just it it turns into real speculation and and bs and and to some degree i i really don't believe in setting off on an adventure um having prescribed every step all the way from a to z like i i think you know really um ultimately having a successful journey is largely about you know, knowing the first few steps that you're going to take, having a vision of of what you want to achieve, and then really listening and looking along the way and and being willing to pivot um, as needed. And I I feel like that's never been truer for me um, than it is today in 2021. Um, You know, everything about our business is is in rapid flux, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the nature of the supply chain, where and how we're making things, how we're transporting them, uh, our, our customer um, is evolving, the, the nature of their participation, how they're shopping, you know, how we distribute products to them, how we market to them. All of it is, is sort of um, in, in transition right now in so many ways. So you know, when we sit down as a team to strategize our longer-term future, we put everything on the table, even our fundamental business model um, we are starting to ask ourselves, you know, is there, a, is there a future-proofed model for Nemo where we dematerialize our revenue? You know, is there a way, having spent 20 years focused on making physical products, um, can we come up with a compelling business model where we don't have to do that? Because we may need that in the future.
0: It's an exciting future. And um, what is the website?
1: Uh, our website is nemoequipment.com.
0: There you have it. You almost could have guessed that. So, everyone, great having you on the show, Cam.